Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the 15 Minute Ralph. Happy Tuesday. Hey, Cynthia. I, uh, in kind of a quiet Tuesday. Got a cool word for you today, actually. <clears throat> Not a cool revelation right now. A lot of stuff going on as we move into October. I hope your week started out great. I hope you got your coffee going. I hope you're joining me today. Hope you. Hope you are, and I, I hope that you're enjoying your new fall season as we enter that. But got a word. Got a word today for you. Um, today's title is this. Um, and before I say this, let me say this. Like this. God is a God where his mercies do every day. So if you've gotten behind, hello, how are you doing? Um, if you've gotten behind in the spirit, if you feel like you've gotten behind, I don't want you to get in a fear. God's not a spirit of he doesn't give you a spirit of fear, the love, power, and of a sound mind. Hi, Susanberger. But he's given you love, power, and of a sound mind. So if this concerns you, don't get concerned. You've been doing everything. Now, God may be putting his finger on some things and saying, hey, I want you to get with me over here in deliverance, and I want to set you free from a few things because I've got a great future. And so just to keep that in mind when you're listening, I'm going to tell you, okay, because there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ, but he's telling us, giving us a sincere, serious word right now about the importance of getting cleaned up. Because if you want to enter into the latter glory, this is a prerequisite for doing that. So today's title, actually, the 15-minute rev is going to be this, called Ichabod Written on Church Doors, Fresh Oil, and the fight between the serpent and the eagle. And if you know anything about the fight between the serpent and the eagle, you need to go check out my friend Chris Carter. Um, Christopher Carter, Discover the Heavens. He actually does an in-depth study on the, that, that whole topic. Where when we enter into C4, that's our challenge during C4. We kind of get a short reprieve. Hey, James. We kind of get a short reprieve um, in C3 for a brief moment to catch our breath. And... Then in C4, we're challenged with that fight between the serpent and the eagle. What is that? I'm going to get into that <clears throat> right now with you. But let's give you the word for the hour first. And so the word for the body right now is that we're entering into that fight. And the Lord's saying, are you going higher or are you getting caught up in your old behaviors from past seasons? From everything God has delivered you from in this past year. Where are you? Do you know where you're even at? And so because... Of the fact that God is serving food now from his table, but only those who have gotten cleaned up will be able to dine with him. You understand what that means? Okay, and, and God's not one to, he's not a what, discriminative God, but yet he is when it comes to coming closer to his heart because he's got the right to be picky. He has a standard in the way that he does things. And so there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is death. Cynthia, can you pray against they're trying to separate me from the anointing, which is a bunch of you know what So anyhow, you can't separate me from the love of God. Just for those of you out there listening who think you can do that. You can't separate people from the love of God. So it's witchcraft. Thank you so much. So there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is death. But we're living in a time where the defining line has been drawn in the sand by God. And those who didn't keep their lamps lit are being left outside of the banquet hall. Kind of like the 10 virgins in Matthew 25. And I'm going to read this passage too for you to listen to yourself. But it states here, at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them, though, were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took jars, oil and jars, excuse me, along with their lamps. And the bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, <clears throat> Here's the bridegroom. Come out and meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps, which means they trimmed their wicks to make sure they could hold a flame. Hey, Patty Ward. And the foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There may not be enough for both of us, and and you instead go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves you see there's a cost for coming up higher near the heart of god anybody can come through the 12 gates anybody that's no respect to a person's what he does for one he does for all but coming through the seven gates will cost you something you hear me 
It will cost you something. You'll have to get free from old things and you'll have to be willing to be willing to get free. And if you're not, then don't be angry at those who have because you're the only one that makes choices for your life. Let's get back into this conversation. So he says, but while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the banquet, to the wedding banquet. And then the door was shut. And later the others also came and they said, Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you don't know the day or the hour. And to that, I have to say this, you know, like I stated at the very beginning of the conversation, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is death. And when we get so caught up in our own ways and we think, oh, I'm, I've achieved this at this date. No, I could say that. I'm just going to shoot straight up with you. I could say, I've got an EDD or I've got a, a PhD. I've got this and I've got that. Who cares? Who cares? That means nothing in the kingdom. I could say that I'm 57 years old and I've got this experience and I've been here and I've worked in Hollywood. Who cares? Who cares when it comes to kingdom? It matters diddly squat. So the wrong, the right focus has to be put into place. Then we have to look at our fleshly accomplishments and look at the things of the spirit to see which one God values. Does he really care what you've done for him? Yeah, he, 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 he does give uh, honor where honors do, but He's not going to share his glory for two, but for three, he's also trying to get our focus off the things of the world and the things that we think are so important to stay in tune with him for the hour that we're walking in. And so all this other stuff that we thought mattered, if you're focused in the right time with him, should be dwindling away right right now because you're keeping first things first, which is the king. You're keeping him in your forefront and you're keeping your eyes on him. So even though it's not yet time for the king himself to show up, he's giving a prequel to his coming. Do you understand what the latter glory is about? The latter glory is only going to happen once. The former has already happened. This is, it happened in the 80s. I believe it happened in the 80s. That's why everybody loved the 80s. Because it was a time where all the love songs, notice love songs were written then. All these great music. Everybody's like, oh, I love the 80s. And it wasn't because of all the crazy hair and all this other garbage. It was because of the spirit during that time. It was the former glory. I recognized it back then. I knew something was different. And now we're, he's readying us for the latter glory. And the problem is, is that a lot of people don't realize what time it is. And they don't realize the seriousness of the times we're living in. We say we give lip service to it, but the majority of the people are still stuck in some apparatus of religion and some mindset that goes with it that makes us so caught up in our own self-focused lives where I mean my mind, what's going on in my world today without realizing it doesn't matter what goes on in your world in the natural if you don't have your eyes in the right place by the spirit because your world's going to cease to exist if you don't get aligned. You understand? That's how serious this is right now. The spirit should always take precedence over the natural because everything in the natural doesn't, fun doesn't function rightly without our spirit man being rightly aligned. Let's move forward. So he's, this latter glory is a prequel to Jesus' coming. And by allowing the latter glory to come in and rest on those who have chosen to get cleaned up. So now God's in the process as you move higher through C1, C2, C3, C4 yearly, this is an invitation that you can't go higher in the Lord without invitation. Do you understand that? You have to be invited into the higher dimensions of C3 and C4. If you don't, you get stuck in C2. You haven't. He's, that's what the ninth of Av is about. It's where God, the eye of God that you pass through is doing a hard inspection on you. Until you get into the glory, the, the testing stops eventually where you enter into the glory. And then you've got to maintain by keeping your presence and keeping his presence around you by abiding in him. And he's abiding in you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. But the eye of the needle, the ninth of off is put in place for God to do a heart inspection on us every year. And people are just kind of like lollygagging. I, 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 I'm going to. And they said the Bible said they do that. They'd keep on getting married and going and living life as though nothing else mattered. 
Everything about kingdom right now matters. Everything matters. So God's sending out banqueting invitations to those to come up and receive fresh manna. But the issues lie in the truth for those who have chosen to do things their own way instead of love's way. Just like when I told my audience the past 1.5 years that if they would focus on getting cleaned up, they would move up and be invited into the higher places of God's heart. I've been preaching this the last year and a half. I've actually been preaching it the last, hey, Wayfarer Warrior, I've been preaching it actually the last nine years that this ministry's been in existence. Get cleaned up, get cleaned up, get cleaned up, get cleaned up. And everybody always has this mindset of, I know more than God. Not like I'm God, I'm not him. But I'm telling you, it's proven itself to be every bit true with where we're now standing. Are you aligned? And have you been invited to come up into the higher places of God's spirit? If you have not, I have no control over that. Only you do. So for many, remember I told you about the 85%. I hope it's less. My prayer is that it's less than I'm thinking. But I'm thinking not because it was what was prophesied over the four people groups. But they're, what I'm finding now is because of people panicking and having no firepower, we're finding out who's been obedient and who hasn't. And they said it would be a very, very small group of people. So for many, they're finding themselves without power because they've chosen to stay in their old grave clothes. You want to know why this is important and why it was important for you to get cleaned up? How many of you ever gone to a five-star restaurant? Have you? Prom? You got dressed up. You got your dress blues on. Tuxedo. You were you're a girl like me. You a really pretty prom gown and you got your best Sunday best on I mean and you were dressed to the nines hopefully hopefully you did <laughs> hopefully but there was a etiquette there was a prerequisite for you to go to that restaurant right that five-star place that you went to they had a, a dress decorum in order for you to enter so what on earth, on God's green earth makes us think we can go before the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings and dine with him. And he's inviting us in for the banquet right now. He's talking about the 10 virgins. He's inviting us into the latter glory. And everybody's showing up in their ragtag, raggedy clothes, all thinking, oh, I'm, he's going to take me. He loves me. Oh, God, Jesus loves me. He just And he's like, you stay out there. I don't know you. He's got protocol. And this is for leaders, too. Some of these leaders out there are like, I, I've been around for 30 years and I've been doing my, I got this church and I got that, that, rah, 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 rah. and God's like, stay out there. I don't know you. You act like hell, just like your father, the devil. And then they get angry at me for telling them the truth. This is what the Lord is saying to you in this hour. If you're listening, you keep coming back. And why do you keep coming back if you don't like the truth? Because you should be lovers of truth by now. This group is. This group over here that shows up, they're getting, they're lovers of truth. And that's what God said we'd be in this end times. If we were aligned with him and moving with the cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night, we're moving with times and seasons. We know what he's saying in the hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. But the problem is, is that we have so many more people right now that are thinking more highly of themselves until the king does a heart inspection find that their hearts aren't aligned and then now we're seeing people in panic mode have you sensed that everybody's like running around like oh my god it's chicken little oh my god oh my god the whole the world is coming no it's not you're in you're stuck in your flesh you didn't move higher into the higher dimensions of god to move up higher in your flesh so or excuse me higher in the spirit so you could actually see what god was seeing the way he was seeing it god is a god that does not lie got this whole process i've had peace I've only gotten freaked out one time and God yanked the slack out of my chain and he said, get back into your faith. What is your problem? And that's what happens when you start giving way to fear. The enemy comes in to put his fear on you because there's no fear in love, by the way, that pulls you out of the spirit. It's a strategy. Get back on task. So the Lord's saying, I'm doing a heart inspection to find out which hearts are aligned with my own in this hour. And the Lord's saying, would you dine to those who aren't dressed appropriately, but would you dine 
with those who have malevolent, malevolent hearts at your table? Would you invite them to your table? People whose hearts are full of anger and hostility and bitter jealousy. Let me see what it is. Selfish ambition. What is another one? Drunkenness. I'm going to get into that here in a second, too. These are all grave clothes. Things that people refuse to get free of. That ain't God just going to overlook it. Let me give you the definition of malevolent. Having or showing a wish to do evil to others. A glint of dark, malevolent eyes. Would you invite them to your dinner? Would you invite them to your house? Would you be friends with them? Would you be in ministry with them? Would you want anything to do with them? I think not. Do you let them in your own personal house, in your own personal space, in your circle of friends? I think not. If you have a good, pure, and lovely heart, if you're a man or woman of honor, woman of integrity, good, pure, and lovely, think on these things. So usually like draws like. Whatever's in your heart is what's drawn to you out of the heart flow of the issues of life. So people think they're getting away with things. And this is the, this is the hour right now. of It's at a defining moment. Where God is exposing who's who. He told us it was going to happen. October's the month. Supposedly October's the month. We'll find out. But the king wishes to dine with true friends. Hence, those who have chosen to stay in their old ways, in their own ways of living and thinking, that God's just going to overlook their hypocrisy, are finding themselves left outside like the five virgins who didn't do as God had asked. You don't understand how serious this is because of the hour we live in. Again, how seriously are you taking this hour? Are you jacking around? I'll be blunt. Are you just jacking around and going to church every Sunday? And ah, I'm going to do the church thing. Ah, I'm going to church this Sunday and I'll sit down in my pew and I'll read the word and I'll listen to the word. And your heart, your heart is halfway attentive and you're not seeking him in your own time. You're too busy, too busy in your job, too busy. I don't feel like doing it today, God. I'll get to you tonight. I'll get to you tomorrow morning. Oh, God won't mind. He loves me. And you're not finding fresh manna. You're not getting fresh manna to know what he's saying for today. Because if you were tracking with him, you'd be staying right on line, right on task. That's how serious the hour is. And no, I'm not making a big deal out of this because of, of how many people we have outside, stuck outside right now. And if I weren't compassionate, I wouldn't even be wasting my time. If I were I, me, my mind focused, I wouldn't keep talking to this group of people. I love you. I want you to come higher. I'm trying to help you come higher. But the only way you can do it is if you choose to participate in God's deliverance times with you and choosing to, to seek him to find out what's in you. And if you're honest, if you're willing to be willing to get honest with yourself. He's the healer. He's showing up right now. But... Lord's saying, for those of you who find yourself outside, outside of power, I prophesied this for the last year and a half. God's saying, if you'll just repent and allow me to put my finger on some places in your heart, I'll set you free so that you might enter in. But so many have so many, so many people have their grave clothes on in this hour. And there's so many grave clothes, the layers of grave clothes. And I might be negative by saying this. Don't get discouraged when I say this, but I'm being honest. I'm, I'm a doctor. If I were a medical doctor, this is how I would be. There's so many people with layers of grave clothes on in mindsets and in heart conditions because that's the way they've always done things. And because it's the way they've always done things and it worked in the past, but now they're coming into a different season, a different move where God's got a different prerequisite for entering in. And <clears throat> God's saying, you may have to wait until revival. You can work on it starting now, preferably. But God's going to be doing mass deliverances when revival hits. Where that people are going to get set free from layers of stuff. It's coming. Mark my word, it's coming. It's coming. And people are going to be set free from generational cursings. But they've been bound with stuff for years. But the faster you obey, the faster you'll move in. Which brings us to Isaiah 33, 10 through 36, 22, where it says people, there are always going to be people around us. It's all about who you're connected to, their roots and their fruits and their choices, even leaders. But those people can cause judgment on your whole house. Do you understand that? And if you're aiding and abetting, 
God says not to ever cause another man to stumble. And if that person who's being caused to stumble is aiding and abetting, like sometimes we can be yes men to other people. Have you ever thought about this? Because we're afraid to tell them the truth because maybe they have a bigger platform or they're a friend that, that's been around for a long, long time. You've had a lifelong family friend or whatever. And, and, and everybody's just like, yeah, that's just how so-and-so is. They don't mean it. Well, God means it, what he's saying right now. He's saying judgments at the house of God. So it doesn't matter what, what so-and-so is like. And you're like, oh, that's just how so-and-so is. That's just how Donnie is. Let's just use a name out there. Throw a name out. That's just how Donnie is. He's, he doesn't mean it. God's like, yeah, he does. Yes, he does. It's in his heart. It's been in his heart for years. And I've seen this garbage in his bloodline. It's just festered and festered. And it's now making its way into his house. And if you're a leader, it's making your, its way into your ministry. God doesn't want the sheep contaminated. He wants you to deal with it. He wants you to clean it up now. ASAP. Because that's why Ichabod is starting to be written on a lot of these stores. A lot of these churches that you've seen around, big churches, aren't going to be around anymore. Because they've refused to focus. They've refused to attend to the sheep. They've refused to do things God's way and get people cleaned up like God commanded. And they were all focused on their pocketbook on the bottom line. And it's not about money. It's not about people. It's not about numbers is what I'm trying to say. It isn't about, it's about people, but not about quantity, about quality. What God is saying. Have you noticed? I don't know about you, but for me, I think from my own personal walk, because all my life, what I've wanted, um, praise God. That's awesome, man. Praise the Lord. That is the second. You were the second person that said something about kids getting delivered from like serious stuff. That just happened to one of our other people too. That is phenomenal, Cynthia or Susan. Phenomenal. Praise God. I love that. That's where they really see the transformation process. That's really cool. But for me, I don't know about you, and this is just me. We may be different people, but my heart. I like people that are really down to earth and I like people that are really what you see is what you get. And, and I think that's because of the way that my upbringing has kind of, that's what it's been instilled in me uh, through family, my upbringing, my family were farmers and ranchers. I've told you that too, military, staunch military. And so we kind of have just this, we like to take care of people kind of a thing. And my heart, when I was brought into ministry, um, I wanted to, I asked the Lord this. I said, I want to see a people that are like a family. And not just going through the motions. That they feel like they're at home. They feel like they come in and they feel like they can be themselves, even though they're getting cleaned up. Because I have to tell our people, you know, if I, correction is not rejection. Don't ever mistake the two. I have to correct our leaders. I have to correct our followers. But when I correct you, I do it out of love. I do it to help you stay aligned. And if I can't tell you the truth, and this is true outside of ministry, if people can't tell you the truth about who you are, Donnie, then they're a poor friend. Better are the wounds of a friend than the wounds of an enemy. The Bible says that. Where do we go? Where do we forget this, this truth? I mean, I don't know about your friends. I'm not saying you've got bad friends. Your friends are probably just as, hopefully, as kind as mine. But I have chosen to surround myself with people who tell me the truth. I like the truth. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. And so we're standing, if you're talking about Isaiah 33:10, this is what's really cool about this word. It's right in line with what we're going through, where <clears throat> this prophet was standing and looking out over the horizon only to see the spirit of the devourer coming over the hill to plunder their land. And all because, this is what's happening to the churches right now, because people who wouldn't listen caused judgment. Did God not say judgment starts at the house of the Lord? He warned us. He's been telling us that for the last two, two years. And, and I don't know about what your thoughts are about what God has been saying, but God, he's pretty fair. He's pretty diplomatic. He warns you and tells you, long ahead of time what he's going to do before he does it why do we not take him seriously i don't get this it's almost like god is like ah oh, it's just god everybody's like yeah he loves me yeah he he's not he's just, he's got a mercy 
Yeah, he's he's got a grace. You can exhaust grace. <laughs> do you understand? What do you think's happening to America right now? <clears throat> he's cleaning us up. But it starts at the house of God. Hallelujah. And why on earth would unbelievers want to follow the church with the mess that the church is in? Sincerely, why? If people get really angry at me because I tell the truth about all this stuff, and they're like, oh, it's all the religious hypocrites that do this too, by the way. They're like, oh, because they're so holy. They're so holy. And they're more holy than anybody else out there. They're the only ones going to heaven. It's usually the Baptists. God bless them. God bless you, Baptists out there. I love you. My family's Baptist, by the way. If you're listening, it is what it is. So, but there you go. And I'm like, disregard the denominational stuff. It, it's all over the place. It's really all over the place. But it's this whole mentality, especially in the leadership that I'm seeing too, where they've got, they think they're the only ones going to heaven. And by the way, the last I heard, the road to heaven wasn't through your backyard. Just saying. That's not the only way I know about. So, in this case though, these people were causing judgment because they wouldn't listen to God. They become traitors. They were supposed to have been ambassadors. But they were sold out to the enemy. And then they sought help from the world or Egypt. They sought help from lying spirits. Egypt represents lying spirits. Hello. They had gotten off track, misaligned with being able to hear the Lord. So that's what happens when you get deeper and deeper into witchcraft. When you digress and refuse to get free. What happens as you move forward, if you try to come forward, the witchcraft, the darkness gets darker and the light gets lighter. I told you about C2 having witchcraft, strange fire fighting with Holy Ghost fire. And the strange fire is sent in to cause you to purposely digress. So you're not improved. You don't make it through the inspection of the ninth of Av. So you digress and you get more and more dark. Your heart gets darker. You start acting more like the flesh. So <clears throat> that's what's these times. So they had begun to become religious hypocrites who pretended to serve God. And all of this was discouraging to this prophet, except that the one thing that encouraged Isaiah was a godly remnant who interceded for the Lord. God's always got a remnant in the background. He's always got a remnant, man. And they helped to save the land because when they prayed, they didn't get into repetition prayer, but instead sought the Lord for what he would say day by day. They were seeking him daily. They kept that oil lamp, that the oil lamp lit, and and they were they were finding out about this fresh manna that he was talking about every day. So they were moving with the cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night, and then they stayed in faith because they could see the future that God was starting to bring to pass. Isn't that cool? When you stay with the cloud, you begin you begin to develop the mind of Christ, like that which is in Christ Jesus, and you begin. To see like Jesus sees. Isaiah 46, 10. You see the end from the beginning. And so that's why the testing came to begin with. Was to test their faith. To see if God sent in testings. If he sent in uh, darkness. Plundering the land. Would they fall prey to the strange fire? Or would they fight back in holy fire. To press deeper into his heart. You see how it's all connected. It's all connected as we move into love every year this is a key this is a key and so it's not about competing it's not about uh trying to necessarily grow a church it's not about trying to outdo somebody it's just about love it's just about trying to help everybody become the best thing possible so if you're really in it for people and you're like you know what can i do god what can i do to help them Step into their destiny. So it stops becoming about me as a leader. It stops being about me. It's like, because that's going to happen automatically. And that's for all you leaders out there too. What, what the best news for you leaders is that if you're about God's business, he's about your business. And so when you're focused on his sheep and he's like, you know what? I see that Susan Berger. Oh my, I love. And he's talking to his angels. Do you see that Susan Berger? He's like, that's my, that's my daughter. I love Susan. You see what she did for so-and-so other there? I want you to go take care of her children. I want you to set them free. Surprise her. And then, by the way, bring in some extra finances. That's coming to you, Susan, by the way. Um, bring in some extra dividends that she's not expecting. 
out of left field. That's coming to you. I'm prophesying over you right now, Susanberger. Uh, but it's coming. And I, it's because I love her because she's always looking out for me. She's always asking, and what can I do for you, God? What do you want from me, Lord? What can I do for the kingdom? And God's like, you're about my business. I'm about yours. I've got hidden things, stored up treasures for you. They're getting ready to burst forth from heavenly places. Are you looking in the right direction? And are you a part of the godly group of intercessors where God's promised the whole world that judgment was coming? Like in Revelation 6 through 19, all three of those chapters. Have you read it? He told them judgment was coming and he was going to bring ruin into the whole earth. It's part of judgment, even on the land. But the real question then is, how tuned are you in with the times? How tuned are you in with God's spirit? Are you in tune and believing what God is saying about the times? Are you moving with him or just yourself? Are you moving with your flesh, trying to build your own self up? Trying to build up your name because of something you didn't get as a little kid? Some parents or whatever thinking, this is going to bring it to me, God. Yeah, I'll just bid on YouTube and I'll make videos for everybody to see. And you're no more of God than the man in the moon. I won't go any deeper into that. A lot of voices out there. Pick a voice. Too many voices are confusing. Pick the right voice. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You want people who aren't operating in fear. You want people who are getting cleaned up, who are, who are drawing you into deliverance, who are drawing you into love, your streams, out of the heart flow of the issues of life. But they're seriously getting cleaned up because he's coming back for a spotless bride. Because they know that the king is adamant about us listening and obeying in this hour. Instead of thinking that we know best, thinking that, oh, it's just, it's not too late. I've got time. No, you don't. No, you don't. Not if you want to be a part of the remnant walking in the latter glory, you don't. And if you're concerned, again, then repent. And let God put his finger on some things in your heart to show you what's inside of you. If you're acting unbecoming of love right now, chances are you're outside of the king's banquet hall and haven't been invited in. His true love has standards. It has order and it's not flesh driven. And if you know anything about God, he fights against his own people if they disobey him. But he fights for them when he chastens them after he sees that his chastening has accomplished its purposes. Are you being chastened right now? That's a, that's a real stern question to ask yourself. Are you losing firepower? <clears throat> but go read this particular passage of Isaiah because it's where the Lord tells the people that the only ones who can live in the all-consuming fire of God are the ones who are honest and fair they're the ones who reject making a profit by fraud. <clears throat> and they stay away from bribes. And they refuse to listen to those who will plot evil or murder. They shut their eyes against all enticement to do wrong. They don't want anything to do with it. If you know anything about people who love you, they protect you. They protect you from yourself if need be. And they'll tell you the truth. I, I don't know about you. My friends, they'll get up in my mix and they'll say, hey, that's not God. Come on, get back in the faith. And I'm so grateful. I'm very, very grateful for that. As opposed to having to deal with these people over here who always seem to have an agenda and they're just taking you through this dead apparatus of religion. Just the dead. And it sometimes it looks like it's spirit-filled. And it's not. It's not. It's grown. It, it's lost its luster. It's lost its power. And it's because you got into repetition. You got back and went and digressed because you, you refused to get free. And so you lost some of your battles in past seasons between the serpent and the eagle. We're entering into that fight right now. Next month, as a matter of fact, it's a heavy-duty fight to maintain your transformation. Go check out Chris Carter. He can talk to you a little bit more about that. But do you see the love standard here? 
know what I'm talking about? It's beginning to line up for you, hopefully, in the, and you're seeing, hopefully, the differences that in the church right now, as opposed from the world and how worldly the church has become, as opposed to those who have gotten cleaned up, because God's about to expose it all. He's about to separate at deeper, even deeper levels now. And the enemy can try to stop this. He can try to stop God's new move. I heard God laughing on his throne. And I'm like, laughing at me? He said, no. No, I'm laughing at people who think that they can get in my way. I'm just like, I'm staying out of your crosshairs. So here we go. <clears throat> so the ones who have obeyed will have water in abundance in this season because they're the ones who have chosen to dwell on high with the Lord. And they've done as the king has asked to step into the new season. This cleanup season, you want to know the truth, actually began about nine years ago. But this is where, again, I'm not trying to discourage you. I'm just telling you the truth. If you're just stepping into it, the chances are that you're going to be busy the next few years <clears throat> until God lets you enter in. You can't come into the seven gates any old way you choose. You can't demand to come in. You can't manipulate your way in. Remember, the king told us that he's coming back for a spotless bride. So have you ever known God to shortchange himself or to shortcut things? The only way into doing things and having the blessings of kingdom is through good old-fashioned hard work. That's what he says. So this is how good God is, though. Again, I'm sensing that freedom's going to occur when revival hits. So until then, we need to focus on continual deliverance in order to come forward in God's spirit, which takes us to Galatians 5, 13 through 26. And the Lord says, are you standing free or are you becoming leavened? Are you becoming leavened? Because your freedom in Christ is a very costly thing. It will cost you something to come into the seven gates. Because we all pay a price to get free without knowing where that freedom can take us. Do you understand that? The reason why he's asking you to get free is because he wants to take you somewhere. And you can't go there <clears throat> if you keep your grave clothes on. Again, you don't go to a five-star restaurant looking like an old, an old bag. You don't do that. What do they call them? An old bag lady. You don't do that. Or an old somebody on the street. You don't go to a five-star restaurant like that. And this is the place where the body refuses to see that they have given up their, their priceless futures because not everything in the past can go with us into that future. Or why on earth would God take us through C2 or the ninth of all? Think about that. Why would he set all this up to explain all this stuff to us? If he didn't mean for us to come into this banquet with him, we've got to choose to participate. We can expect our hearts and see if we've been compliant in past seasons, which grant us access to our own futures. So again, I can't do your work for you. You can't do my work for me. We're each accountable for what we do or choose not to do for kingdom. It's all up to us individually. So you can't get angry at other people. Leaders, you can't get angry at people in new move because of your own lack of obedience in past seasons. I don't control your choices. Only you do. And some of you are thinking, but I've done everything I know to do. No, you didn't. Some of you surrounded yourself with yes men who told you only what you wanted to hear. They were afraid to tell you the truth because they knew how you would react. They knew that you, because some of you make your, your peers around you feel like they can never tell you the truth. You get offended. How dare you tell me the truth? <laughs> what about God? <laughs> he is the truth. So is God not allowed in your house either? Is that why you lost firepower? That's what's happening. Wow, I just realized I forgot to change my background. <laughs> well, do you like the beach? I'm a beach girl. So there you go. I can't get away from it. Doggone it. Back to the topic at the end. So... If you haven't been obedient in past seasons, what makes you think that taking shortcuts is going to get you there? It's like the five other virgins demanding oil of the ones who have been obedient. 
The Lord's saying, how selfish are you? And how foolish are you? To which I'd have to tell them, go get your own. I'd be like the other five who were obedient. Go get your own. I paid a heavy price. Freedom costs you something. It costs you time. It costs you giving up your sometimes your weekends to go to different conferences or whatever so that you can get focused on going where God wants to take you. It costs you something. But the long-term advantages are so priceless when you step into your future. Let me tell you, I look back at my past and I'm so grateful. I think about the various times and the various crossroads that I had to make choices in. And, and I've given up some things that probably people have wondered, well, why are you still single or why are you still this... Because I wanted to get free. I knew I needed to get free way back when. And I thought, I, I can only do it. Nobody can do this for me. So I started investing time into myself. And now I'm thinking, golly, I'm so grateful I've listened. I'm so grateful. Because God knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. And it applies to that freedom. And that prerequisite applies to every person of every age, age right now. We all have to do it because we've all got something in our bloodlines. <clears throat> but if you know anything about Christ, he's in the mood to remove yokes these days. And the yoke of the law has got to be removed. In this hour, the Lord's saying many have fallen from grace. This is how far away from love America has fallen. They've fallen from grace, which doesn't mean you've lost your salvation. But instead, you've gotten jaded by your difficult trials and you've fallen back into the law. So he's trying to bring America out of this mentality of everybody's like in everybody else's business and they're always got this critical eye and this cynical eye of looking at every single thing <clears throat> that, that all these people um, are doing that they think is so wrong. But I have to say to those types of people, why don't you pull the law out of your own eye instead of looking at the speck in everybody else's? Wouldn't that be more graceful? Wouldn't that make you look like less of a hypocrite? Instead of doing things behind the scenes that everybody knows that you're doing, that God's fixing to expose you for, you can, you can deal with it privately or you can deal with it with God publicly. God will humiliate you. Colossus 2.15. Publicly. Put you and make you a public spectacle. And there are no shortcuts back in. And that's the thing he's trying to get back into our heads. It's like, you know, there are no shortcuts to good old-fashioned hard work. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Because I believe from this point on, God's calling all vessels to make sure they get into the habit of seeking him daily to ensure they're staying aligned. <clears throat> We're doing pretty good on time today. Hallelujah. Hey there, Sylvia Cole. If you're beginning to operate, let me just challenge you to let you see where you're at. And don't get freaked out if you're not where you think you are. Don't just go before the Lord. I'm just telling you. I get things told. And I always give my friends permission, my personal friends. Just tell me if you see something in me. I just want to get free. I may not like it. It may sting. The truth stings. You have to get used to. And this is something else. When God says be, be lovers of truth. You know, I'm not saying be mean spirited about it. But we should have such transparent relationships with our relationships uh, with people that we're in. If I can quit repeating myself like Pete and repeat, but we should have such authentic relationships. But we can just be truthful with each other and saying, you know what? This, this, and this happened. And, and, and or this, you offended me. You hurt me when you did this. We have so many people not talking about so many things because of the way society has been geared now. It's that, what do they call it? It's political correctness where you're not allowed to tell the truth. You have to dance around issues. Well, God's not about dancing around issues. If you know anything about Jesus, when he was walking in the earth, when he was giving these fiery, uh, these fiery sermons, he was telling him and he was reading their mail. And he was like, you're doing this and you're a whitewashed bunch of sepulchers. You're a tomb of dead men's bones. And, and don't dismiss what I just said to you thinking that, oh, that was back then and you know, he was more graceful. No, he wasn't. He turned over tables. And some of you people are eating at tables. You need to overturn. You need to be turning them over right now because they've been, those churches have been dead for years. And you've just been going there and going there, hoping that these people change. And God's been like, nope, it's time to move on. My spirit has departed. Ichabod's on the door. It's time. 
and they get angry. They get angry. These leaders get angry. And then they try to covet and undermine. And it's like, you think God's going to honor that? Man, you're cutting off your nose to spite your face. Not to mention getting judgment. Boom, labeled on your forehead. But these are the attributes of being leavened, if you still struggle with this. Prone to demonic activity. You have anger outburst. <clears throat> you're always in fights with people, always fighting to devour other people. Behind the scenes, if you're a leader, you're doing undermining things. Trying to bully and trying to overtake and trying to take things that aren't yours. Loving to do evil. Sexual immorality. Impure thoughts. Don't dismiss yourself. No, I'm speaking to you. You know God's been talking to you. He sent in prophets to talk to some of you. And if you keep doing this, you're going to lose your whole kingdom. Some of you have had big leaders call you because you're a big leader. And they say, what are you doing? Have you lost your mind? And God's saying, that was me. That was me before I take your kingdom away from you. You get caught up in hostility and quarreling. You're always arguing in everybody else's business, trying to destroy other people. You suffer with bitter jealousy and selfish ambition. Participate in divisions. You cause divisions. Feeling like everybody's wrong except for you and your little group. Our little group, we're little. But you know, <laughs> I say that. <laughs> you never know. Um, but we're open to deliverance. We want God to set us free. That's our whole focus. There's power in getting free. I'm telling you, when you get free, you're taking out, letting God take out the garbage. Let him take out your garbage. So you quit treating everybody else like your personal garbage can. Everybody's not your personal garbage can, by the way. If you suffer from all this garbage, from those of you, and I've seen this in people, some of these big names out there, I've seen them behind the scenes, and I'm not trying to point fingers. That's between them and God. But I've interacted with some of them personally, and they treat me like I was their garbage can. I'm like, do you know who the heck you are or who I'm talking to? I'm not your garbage can. You need to go and get a life. That was a nice way of thinking, saying what I'm thinking. But because I'm respectful, I just didn't have anything to do with some of them ever again. It's just like, go treat everybody else like you behave. And that's why you're like you are. And that's why your life is like it is. And that's why you're a miserable person. And all the facades that you can put up, that you think you can put up, that you think you can hide behind, are never going to be enough for the way God's fixing to expose you. Because God's had enough of you. And that's a thus saith the Lord. So, God told us, anyone living in this sort of life would not enter into kingdom. You understand the book of Romans? No drunkards, no idolaters, all this stuff. People that practice all these things of the flesh would be stuck outside because the kingdom of glory is coming quickly upon those who've obeyed. But the fruit you should be operating in are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So really, thank you, Holy Spirit. We're doing great on time. If you wonder if this is the truth about this, is that the problem that the body's really having is that the church is going through a metamorphosis right now. And leaders are having a hard time wrapping their head around it because they're like, did I get caught up in that? Did I get caught up in that? Did I participate in that? Yes, some of you did. <laughs> yes. And for the humble ones, I love you. I really love you. And I hope that everybody, I hope everybody gets free. I hope they all get free because I want everybody to come into the kingdom and eat with the Lord. But if you don't care and you're like, that's not me, you're probably a prime candidate. Sincerely, you probably are. And, and you probably won't even know until it comes up and bites you on the butt and you get snake bit by your own things that you've done. It's just sad, but that's how people usually operate. So if you're operating in the fruit and you're moving forward and you're trying your best to get free, then you probably know what time it is. And you're probably already aware that you're in a fight as you're entering into October, a fight of being drawn backwards instead of being able to move forward 
So the testing therein comes, the testings that you're walking through right now are in place to challenge your flesh to see how well you're going to progress upward. Are you going to go back to your old ways of behaving? Or are you going to step into higher ways of God and maintain that? You pass your test. It's the fight between the serpent and the eagle that you're stepping into. You're already there. Hey there. Hey, Hillary. Um, so deliverance helps you stay on track. And it helps you actually do it with ease to where you never lose momentum. That's why God wants you to make it an everyday thing for all of your congregations everywhere. And this is no place. And, and excuse me, let me rephrase that. In this place, there's no conflict with the law because grace comes naturally. If you're getting delivered every single day and, and every time you meet, you don't have to worry about being on track. It just happens. It just happens. And, and if you're a leader, it just happens where you know naturally what God wants you to be doing with the sheep. So you're moving deeper into love automatically. You don't have to worry about, well, am I getting deliverance today? Or should we plan this for next week? You should be doing it daily. You really should be doing it daily. And so Psalm 64, 1 through 10. This is the key for the hour right now for a lot of you who are going through testings because I know that the testings come and this is why it's so important to know when you're going through them because when you're when you're being tested in this season of C3, C4, the enemy's always going to send in fear. He's going to try to pull you out of that new place. That's his main objective. So in this Psalm, Psalm 64, 1 through 10, it's talking about don't ever let the fear of the enemy hold you captive. In this Psalm, David didn't even ask to be preserved. He didn't ask to be preserved from the enemy himself, per se, but he saw the spirit of fear trying to come up on him. And so he asked the Lord to preserve him from that particular spirit. Remember, we're in a fight between the serpent and the eagle. So what's the enemy's main objective? To get us earthbound. He crawls on the ground like a serpent. He's a serpent. And so your goal is to get spirit bound. You're trying to move up into the heavenly things, right? So that's why you got to know you're in a test. So you can know how to take the test. And you got to ask God, how do, I, how do I pass this test? But David knew this, but he also knew that nothing was outside of his life that was outside of God's control. So part of taking this test that you're now in is trusting God. Don't look at what you see with your eyes because your eyes will fail you. Don't look at what your feelings feel because your feelings are fleshly based. They're earthbound. You only go by every word out of the mouth of God. That's why you need fresh manna daily. Do you understand? That's why God said, seek me daily. I'll tell you what's going on today. I'll tell you what's happening in your chest today. And I'm going to unfold it in front of you. And you're going to fly past the finish line with flying colors. You're doing great. Come on, let's go. Let's go. God's going. Let's go. That's why he wants to meet with you. He wants to cultivate that relationship and bring you into higher heavenly places. And he, but David also knew too that fear and faith can't live in the same heart. That's God's heart. Perfected love cast out all fear. Remember, aren't you trying to get more mature? Aren't you trying to attain God's heart? So remember, you're hopefully being moved into acquiring the building back of love within you where all of your choices have brought you to this new place that you're standing in right now. This is a critical hour we're standing in. This is the most critical year in the history of Christianity because so many things are at stake. Your future is at stake. America's future is at stake. And I know the test has been long. I know a lot of you are absolutely beyond exhausted, even leaders beyond exhausted thinking we're doing the best that we can i'm not beating you up i'm not saying you're not but i am saying that <laughs> if god told you pardon me if he told you a year and a half ago he was going to do this he's saying listen to me i know what i'm talking about you're, there's still time but now if you're just hearing this and just starting to obey now it's time you need to knock it into overdrive and say god put deliverance all around me get me free I want to move in with that ladder glory. Come on. And by the way, you leaders have to because what happens at the head trickles down like the oil in the beard, beard of Aaron. So we need you free. 
We need you free. But in this test this year, right here, right now, next month, this is why I think God is having having a step into this truth right now. I want you to hold on to this for next month. But apply it right now too. If the servant if the serpent can make you afraid, he can win the battle. But a calm heart will keep you on track and aligned at the right place at the right time at all times. It helps stay, he helps you to maintain focus. You maintain focus so you can think and you can hear the Lord and know which way and what you're to walk. And this is the reason why David had no fear. Because he knew his God was faithful. And what the devil didn't know, <clears throat> this is the great news for America, is that when the enemy least expected it, God himself was fixing to shoot his arrows of judgment and hit him smack dab between the eyes and let him fall into their own traps. You've got to stay calm. You've got to stay focused. You've got to be listening and seeking him every day. Fresh manna. Fresh manna. Hope you've got a prayer team partner that you pray with. If you don't, consider calling us or emailing us at ezekielswell.org and actually go check us out there. The actual email is yeshuanavigator at gmail.com. If you're needing deliverance, you need some time to grow. We'd love to be a part of your process. Email us. Come on. Join on board. We'll help you get free. We'd love to help you. Help you develop the heart of God. So we're going to wrap up today with Proverbs 23, 23. And it's short and sweet. Where he states, buy the truth and do not sell it. Wisdom, instruction, and insight as well. I don't know how much more plain he could be. That's short and sweet. Get the truth. Go buy yourself some oil. And don't sell it. Don't sell your truth away. Don't sell the progress God's had you step into away. By letting people talk you out of your progress. Or letting other people's weaknesses cause you to digress. Don't even be associated with them. The Bible says don't even eat with them. Don't be aiding and abetting the enemy. Because let me tell you something about judgment. And this happened to me. Not to me personally, but this, as a deliverance minister, it actually happened to a woman I was being used by God to minister to who was in a treatment center. I've never told this on here, I don't think, real quick. But um, she was in, she was, in Texas, you have the option <clears throat> to go do treatment for a year to get free if you've been caught in drug and alcohol counseling. Um, Cynthia, can you, can you give her the email address on there, please? She'll give you the email if you don't, and, and you can go on a website, Sylvia Cole at Ezekiel'sWill.org and you can go find it on our contact page. But anyway, this young woman in the state of Texas, you're given a choice to do your time in jail for three months. If you get caught with certain offenses, or you can go do it at this treatment center and I was part of the leadership team that went in and we counseled these people and took them through deliverance and deep inner healing. And I was a part of that team for probably about eight years. But in this particular case, um, I was called by my director who said, Missy, I need you to go over to the jail and do some jail ministry. And I was like, what? I'd never done that before in my whole life. What? And I thought, okay, God, this is brand new. So I obeyed. And I was totally horrified to find out before I got over there, the Holy Spirit said, he goes, tell her that if she chose to go the shortcut way, instead of going through the long way of a year where she would have gotten deeper levels of deliverance had she done it God's way, but she wanted to take the shortcut because she didn't want to go be out. No, that's, I need it to Cynthia be Yeshua navigator at gmail.com, please. Thank you. <clears throat> but, um, she chose to take the shortcut. <clears throat> and there are no shortcuts with God. And so because she's, instead of doing a year-long program, she chose to go into jail to get out in three months. And so that's why I got sent over to jail ministry. And so I, before I got over, the Lord told me, tell her that if she leaves this place and goes out into her old lifestyle, I'll bring her home. And she was a five-fold minister. This is serious, I'm telling you. When God says something, you betcha, we love you. Um, <clears throat> when God tells you to do something, you better take him in his word. You better take him in his word. I've seen this for 35 years. If God sent in a prophet to talk to you, you better listen. I'm telling you, 
what happened is that I went in and I told her what God told me. I said, so-and-so, you're a C-section baby. And God says, if you go out after you leave this place and you go back out into your lifestyle, it's going to bring you home. I said, are you willing to go through and, and go through deliverance? Because I'm willing to put the time that God's telling me to put in here to help you get free. So I met with her every Tuesday and Thursday. <clears throat> um, and she was faithful. We showed up and she did her work like she said she was going to do. But then after she got out, thank you very much. Love you. Thank you. Thank you, Cynthia. Um, after she got out, she called me one day in tears and her family had had, a, I guess, an intervention or something with her. And they were telling her everything that she'd done wrong. And she was trying to get over to an AA meeting. And she said, can you please come get me and, and drive me to meet my, my sponsor? And I was like, sure. And, and I got kind of concerned, but I, I did it. And I called my director to give back up and let him know where I was at because I didn't want to be the last person seen with her. And I didn't know what was going on. I picked her up. And then when I went to a Starbucks, she was, I was going to go drive through and she said, no, just let me off here. And I was like, no, I don't, I don't feel comfortable with that. And she was like, why? And I said, because I'm the last person to be with you. And I said, I want to make sure you're getting home. Okay. I want to see your sponsor. And she said, no, no, they're going to, and she lied to me and she said, they're going to meet me over here. And so <clears throat> I was getting this horrible feeling in my spirit. And the Lord said, let her go, Missy. The door's been shut. And I was like, I was absolutely horrified. And I was like, please don't get out of the car. In my heart, I, I was getting this conversation with the Lord. And I said, please don't get out of the car. Please let me take you to your sponsor. She said, no, no, I want to go meet with my sponsor in here. And I was belligerent. And I was just like, okay. And the Lord said, let her go. Let her go. So I let her go. And I went home. And this is how judgments always work when God's used me in that capacity. He's, he has me start waiting once judgment's been rendered and I start watching and I get out of God's way and it never fails. But during that time, then what had happened after that, she disappeared three days later, her mom calls me and she'd gone out on a drinking bench, drugging bench. And the Lord told me exactly where she would be. I tracked her down somehow by the grace of God to some guy's apartment, he was aiding and abetting and, and helping to contribute to her demise. And I found her drunk as a skunk on vodka. And she was laying, watching Joyce Meyer. And I thought, oh my God, this is such a hypocrisy in my head. I sat down beside her and I said, so-and-so. I said, what happened? I said, tell me what happened. Why didn't you call me? Why did you leave that day and not tell me the truth? And she was like, oh, I don't know. And she started kind of crying and I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know. And, and, and I said, what happened? And I was really firm with her. And all of a sudden she sat straight up and she said, I don't want to die. And I was like, okay. And I was on overload. And so I was like, okay. I go, well, then I need you to work with the Lord. I go, because God has a plan for your life. And I go, he expects you to participate with the plan. You can't do things your own way. And so we went and got them groceries that day. And I called that young man outside who was helping her. And I said, do you realize how much trouble you're in with God right now? And he said, well, I picked her up and she couldn't walk. And she was, I don't care. Dude, I don't care. God doesn't care. You bought her alcohol. Why did you contribute to her stumbling? You want to happen the end result to that? I went home and I waited and a month later I got a call from my director and he said, Missy, so-and-so has passed away. Oh my God. And he said, yep. And I said, and I told him what God had told me to tell her that day. And I said, this is what transpired. I said, I've been waiting for the call. And he said, the young man that she was staying with, he goes, well, I said, what happened? And he said, she was drinking vodka and she got so drunk that she pulled the mattress out on the terrace of the apartment and she spilled vodka on the mattress and she lit a cigarette and incinerated herself 
and it ignited the whole place on fire. And so I went over to that apartment just to see with my own eyes. I wanted to see. And I happened to catch the fire marshal leaving. And he said, can I help you with something? Because they had it all roped off with yellow tape. Um, and I said, well, I, I knew the person who passed away. And <clears throat> he said, yeah, did you see that apartment? And I said, I haven't. He walked me over to it back because back they had roped off. He said, do you see how big this complex is? And I said, yes, sir. And he said, this whole fire should have gutted the whole complex because it was a five-alarm fire. He said, it only gutted that one apartment. Don't tell me that judgment isn't real. Don't you tell me that judgment isn't real. So I'll leave you with that today. Not to leave you heavy, <clears throat> but I'm telling you, take God very seriously when he tells you stuff. Take him in his word. He sends in the prophets to warn you, and don't be caught in aiding and abetting. Back off. Repent. Get away from that, because the young man that was caught up in that with her was burned horribly as well, and he got sent to Brooks Army Medical Center. So you get burned too. The aiding and abettors get burned too. But I'll leave you with that. I'm not trying to leave you heavy. But please know that we love you. We're here to help you get free. If you need a, a church home, we would love to be that for you. We love you. Um, we do tell you the truth. And, and you can't come into the ministry. I'll tell you for, up, point, uh, up front, correction is not rejection. I'm a very strong personality, but I love you. I love you through it. Ask our people. They, they feel loved. I hope they feel loved. If they don't, please tell me. Put it publicly. I don't care. But we love you. We do love you. We want to help you get free and have the best life possible. So until then, hopefully I'll see you, hear from you at yeshuanavigator at gmail.com. We're trying to put a curriculum together. for Hopefully to open it up to the public soon. We'll be talking to you about that here shortly. But until then, I'll see you Friday. Love you guys. Bye-bye.